Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com is brought to you in part by the Columbine Label Company. No matter what your product, food, beverage, beauty, or industrial, to name a few, we can manufacture your label. Learn more at ColumbineLabel.com. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location. Featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. We now take you on location to the 2018 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in San Jose, California. And once again, welcome to our coverage of the NCIA Cannabis Business Summit and Expo here at CannabisRadio.com for the year 2018. We're inside the Cultivation Lounge, which is a nice, wonderful, comfortable place for people to network and uh, share views and ideas and right now we're going to go into the area of so the, uh, the area of state of Nevada and cannabis and right now I'm happy to be joined by Scott Rutledge he is director of government affairs and a cannabis lobbyist in the state of Nevada for Argentum partner Scott welcome to cannabis radio hey thanks for having me this uh, it's been one of my favorite conferences to come to over the last several years and uh, it's a little weird not being in Oakland today uh, you know, San Jose is a great city, but yeah, it's been taking a little to get used to for sure. Well, I mean, we've spent, uh, I mean, just in different sectors, I can tell you that, you know, the radio company I work for, we've gone to a lot of shows in San Jose, and we've had fun at this convention center, throwing our Bud Bash last night, which did very well, had a very good turnout. And the lay of this land, I mean, you're concentrated here. The one thing, you know, we'll get back into the subject is that you can really enjoy yourself here. Everybody stays within the area. And the community really embraces the conventions like ours a lot. And that's something that's got to be done. And talking about embracing, we're talking about Vegas, and we're talking about Nevada, and more importantly, the city of Las Vegas. You know, still very much a major hub for tourism. They've definitely gone through a lot of change, a lot of corporatization a lot of fees, a lot of things to uh, from the government that are being asked for, that are being put along the tax-paying tourists. And one of the things that you're trying to worry about now is in Nevada, if you're a resident, I mean, you now have cannabis uh, adult use legalization now in Nevada. And for tourists to come and enjoy it, for, cons- for residents to come and enjoy it, it's been a lot of hurdles a lot of obstacles talk to me about some of the hurdles and obstacles they've had and what your company what you do as a lobbyist you're trying to correct 
Thanks, Brasco. So I'll start with my history with the uh, with the plant and with the movement. I moved to Las Vegas in 2004 to work for Marijuana Policy Project's campaign to legalize. Didn't work out well. Jay Leno made a joke about it actually on the Tonight Show. How the the stoners lost a box of signatures. Uh, that was uh, that was a real thing. Won't get into it. Um, after that, I I pivoted into local campaigns. Uh, did some legislative work, uh, and now I work at a government affairs firm. Uh, 12 years after I moved to Las Vegas to legalize marijuana, I was asked to manage the legalization campaign back in 2016. So very full circle. Um, in the process of, of doing that work, uh, one thing we never talked about, and, and this became apparent after the election when we won, was the idea of uh, public consumption. So in, in the law that we passed in 2016, um, it says that you can consume at home or on private property with owner's permission. Which means that for the 43 million tourists that come to Nevada, they have nowhere to consume it. And for people who, for example, live in a rental property or want to smoke at their office or want to go to a private event somewhere, technically, by the letter of the law, none of that is legal. So what we're trying to do is provide safe, well-regulated venues where people can consume cannabis. We're going to call it a social use venue ordinance. That's that's the term we're using. Uh, the city of Las Vegas uh, has been actively working on this for at least the last six months. I've been working with them on this for about nine months. Uh, we expect to uh, have a solution in place by the end of this year, and we hope to see the first venues open next year. The biggest hurdles and challenges we've had to deal with, of course, are uh, the stigma with cannabis is a real thing. Um, and what we have to do is explain to whether it be the council member or law enforcement, uh, because they always, they always have a say in these things, um, talking with uh, other stakeholders in the community, uh, get them to understand what we're talking about, the idea of a social use venue, kind of taking away some of their stigma about it and saying, look, People are using cannabis today, but they're smoking it in the on the back patio of the venue, or maybe they're in a, an alleyway behind the bar, or they're out in the parking lot or in their car, and they've been doing this well before we ever legalized it. So what we should do is take it out of the shadows and put it out where the public can, can again, it's a social plant, it's a social use thing. That's what we're trying to change. And because when I say Las Vegas, everybody thinks gaming and casinos and the resort corridor. We have to give a place for those tourists who cannot consume legally at those hotels, in their room even. That's illegal. we got to give them a place to go. So there is a public policy aspect to this that's really important. And that's getting to that point. So the tourists, I mean, listen, the major source of revenue for the tourism that comes into Las Vegas, what has been the response from the hotels and casinos, which obviously MGM, Caesars have the bulk of all, most of these properties. You got Resource World coming in as well, other changes. And what is their response? I mean, their representation. Are they budging? Are they willing to give in a little bit? Listen, they already, I, I went through Las Vegas for vacation a couple weeks ago, State of Bally's, and I see through every hotel that I go to, they make it a point that they're LGBT friendly, which is great. And the truth is, it works because there was quite a, a diverse group of people showing up. But there are spaces, loads of spaces in every casino hotel where they can provide social use, like you said. Provide that place where they can go ahead and partake in their product. If it's a smoking room, let it be a smoking room. But why aren't they allowing that? What are they saying about it? Look, I won't speak on behalf of the, the gaming industry. I will, I will say this. 
gaming is federally regulated as well. You know, cannabis is still a federally prohibited substance. You cannot mix the two. To be safe, to keep that separation so that one, like, look, every state is determining its own fate. Every time we pass a law and we legalize it, right? That's another state that said, we are willing to take that risk. We support states' rights, right? Every community that says, we'll license those businesses, you know, so that they can sell. You can, you know, these farmers can, uh, can farm. Like, we, we're doing something that regardless of everything we think at the state and local level, the feds, it's very clear. It's still illegal. So with gaming, we're not going to see those two things come together. I do believe that there will be a day perhaps after federal prohibition ends, when you might be able to go to a place inside a resort and consume. Maybe at some point in the future, you might even be able to play video poker and consume. But today, that is not legal, and I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. When you have brought this up and you presented this, what is the common proposal for these type of venues? What are you telling, what is the idea? What would be the optimal idea for one of these type of venues yeah i'm a very visual person Uh, let me describe for your listeners what we're talking about here right so we know that people that consume cannabis what's different than them and people who consume alcohol generally not a lot a lot of times they're the same people right in terms of what activities do people enjoy doing it's the same thing right so instead of trying to make cannabis consumption or social use venues other I want, as I envision it, and as we've worked with the city and, and as they have, they're invested in this, they've, they've bought in and they're serious about getting it done right, um, it'll almost feel like you're going to a bar. In fact, we're going to allow beer and wine sales at these venues and keep the alcohol content low, not as a primary point of business, but so that one, you have a revenue stream because it's also in state law that you can't consume at point of sale, which means that these venues are not going to be able to purchase cannabis at the venue. It'll be BYOB, bring your own bud, right? So you'll go to the dispensary down the street, you'll pick up your bud, you're getting your Uber, or maybe there's a shuttle or a limo or a cab or you're walking, who knows? And then you're going to come down to the venue. And when you bring it in, we're going to get you set down somewhere. We're going to have a conversation about, you know, This is what our venue is. Here's what you've brought in. Great. Would you like a beverage? Alcoholic, non-alcoholic? Maybe you have something to eat. There's going to be some good chill music. Uh, Different venues are going to have different ideas about how they do this. Some might not serve alcohol at all. They might just look like a coffee shop, right? But the idea is that these are going to look like places that we already go to, except we're going to make the consumption of cannabis a permissive activity. A couple more questions for Scott Relage here with Argentum Partners. The resistance by a state that allows prostitution in certain areas, allows gambling, and is, is the, the, the tourism division basically talks about whatever happens stays. I mean, the kind of it's an adult environment. Why there isn't more clarity and more, you know, common sense about why this would go hand in hand. Talk to me about that, about why is there that that wall right there? And second, what would be the thought about how, which I noticed and we were talking about before we started this interview, if these venues were to come into play, what kind of taxation, what kind of fees are going to be put upon these places? Because, I mean, Jesus Christ, you have every kind of fee possible now being put on every tourist that comes into that area. Your service people are getting affected, and everybody gets affected by 
the control for power, the control for money they can get, which is what it is. It's what kind of a cash cap can we have, and you know, do we allow it? So, talk to me about all these kind of. I mean, let's start with uh, you know. I don't think that wall exists anymore. I mean, when we, the voters of Nevada, passed approved legalization in sixteen, within six months of the new year starting. We had a what we called our quick start or fast track program. We were selling cannabis legally to adults 21 and older, six months ahead of schedule, right? And not only has it been embraced by our legislature and our regulators who have done an amazing job, especially the Department of Taxation, is really they've done something that I, I don't think most governments, most people would assume government could do that fast. Um, local governments have embraced it now. The, the, those who opposed us now say, well, if we've got it, let's make sure it works well. So that's good. So I think that wall's breaking down. Look, I think that we still find that only a third of people that of tourists that come or, or visitors that come to Southern Nevada even know that you can purchase legal cannabis. And the reason why, like the LBCVA who came up with the slogan, what happens here stays here, and other organizations that promote tourism for Southern Nevada don't talk about cannabis yet is because we don't have a place for them to go. As soon as we have a place where a consumer who, uh, 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 let's say a visitor who buys marijuana legally now and wants to consume it in Southern Nevada, when we have places for them to go, I guarantee you we're going to see this in, in, as part of our broader communication about tourism. And I think cannabis tourism in Southern Nevada is going to be a real thing. As far as fees and taxes, look, the businesses themselves are going to be responsible for paying you know, the license for the beer and wine if they want to do that. They're going to have to pay for the business license for the business. There are costs in doing business. But for that guest who comes in, look, I think some venues are going to just say, look, come on in. Um, we're going to, they're expecting you to purchase some food or some beverages or something like that. Some might want to do it as a membership, like a club, kind of like what we see in Spain. Um, there may be, there's, look, here's the thing. My goal in this is not to tell people how to make money running these venues. My goal is to make these venues possible and try to eliminate some of the red tape so that you have the ability to create new revenue streams. I remember, I bet we're probably close to the same age. You remember going to Hard Rock Cafe in another city and you had to get the t-shirt that said I was at Hard Rock Cafe wherever it was, right? Or your friend went to vacation, they come back, Hard Rock Cafe, Cancun. And you're like, okay, that's cool. I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a branding and opportunity here where people are going to go to these venues and they're going to go, I've got to get the t-shirt. The same way that you walk around this conference and people are wearing hats and everything and they're, they're showing off the brands. This is a very brand heavy industry, right? I think that these venues can also take advantage of that. So I, again, I feel like this is actually going to be something that's going to welcome everybody. I think that it's going to be a place where instead of spending a ton of money going to a nightclub, come hang out at our lounge, right? So instead of going to a Starbucks, come drink coffee at our coffee shop and smoke your joint. We're going to, in some ways, I think, give people those options. And uh, I'm really excited about that opportunity. We a lot of, still a lot of work, a lot of ground to cover. So if they want to learn more about what you're doing and they want to go and talk to you and uh, say they're in the state of Nevada or just want to learn more information, how can they get a hold of you or your company? So, um, I mean... Presently, right now, our firm, we work with all manner of types of, uh, of clients, not just cannabis. That actually helps us in a lot of ways because we can get different perspectives about some of these issues, especially related to cannabis. But there's a lot of cross, there's a lot of ways that we can bring a perspective 
on behalf of a client because we don't say just represent cannabis clients. Um, our firm, you know, we're Nevada-based. Uh, we have an office in Reno and we have one in uh, Las Vegas. We focus on Nevada-based issues. Uh, I do a little bit of work outside of the state of Nevada with uh, different, you know, I, I'm talking to some potential clients in California right now. We've talked to some folks in uh, Colorado and, and a few other states, but but really we're focused on Nevada. That's that's our that's where we do our work. So if you're interested in you know getting more information about this uh, this social use venue, you want to you, you have an idea, you want to open up a business. Um, I can tell you these are going to be you know not easy to come by, but they are going to be available. And uh, I think by early next year, folks will be able to apply. Our uh, website is uh, is argentumnv.com. And uh, I'm on that website. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Scott Rutledge. I'm on Twitter, at Scott Rutledge. Hit me up in my DMs. Tweet at me. But, yeah, let's have a conversation. All right. So, again, we've been joined by Scott Rutledge, Director of Government Affairs for Argentum Partners. Thank you for joining us here on Cannabis Radio. Thank you very much for having me, Brasca. Join us in Anaheim, California, this October 22nd and 23rd at NCIA and CCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference. With 60,000 square feet of expo floor, over 3,000 cannabis business leaders, and over 100 thought leaders and policymakers, the California Cannabis Business Conference is the place to learn how to navigate the world's largest adult use market. Register today at www.CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.